1: I've just discovered the most amazing thing. It's called Shaker and Spoon, and it's a subscription cocktail service. I can learn how to make handcrafted cocktails right here at the office. From now on, our Scrabble Nights will be even more fun. Every box comes with enough ingredients to make three different cocktail recipes, developed by world-class mixologists. All I need to do is buy one bottle of that month's spirit, and I have all I need to make 12 drinks at home. That's seven for me and five for you. And it's just forty to fifty dollars per month, plus the cost of the bottle. That is much cheaper than Vuv Clicot. Unless we get Joey and Salvatore to raid a van again, of course. Oh, and you can skip or cancel boxes any time. My first shaker and spoon box just arrived. What do you say we start our Scrabble session a bit early? I'm already shaking. Here, Alvina, if you want your own set, you can get $20 off your first box at shakerandspoon.com forward slash Amelia.
2: Do you also want your Scrabble Nights to be even more fun? Well, as an Amelia listener, you can simply visit shakerandspoon.com slash Amelia and you will get $20 off any length subscription. The discount will automatically be applied when you check out. Host your first Amelia listening party or give a subscription to Shaker and Spoon as a gift to a friend or family member. Once more, that's shakerandspoon.com slash Amelia. Today's new episode is dedicated to Sophie Leviso, a heartfelt, cocoa-slurping, Malteser-munching, or clinking thank you from the whole Amelia gang.
3: Calm down, it's just God. turbulence. God, I wish you were flying, Amelia. They were right, though.
4: We couldn't risk being seen. It's safer back here. I would have liked seats, though. I'm not a cargo plane. Oh. Gotta hold on tight. <sighs> I couldn't have done anything about the turbulence anyway. Still, it would have made me feel safer. Maybe we should call him, let him know we're on our way. You can't make phone calls from planes. A short phone call isn't going to kill us. Are you sure? Yes, relax.
3: Okay. I'll call.
4: Congratulations. You've reached
3: me.
1: If you're a client, try our other phone. You cheat. If you're Alvina, no, I haven't read the case file, and I'm not going to. If you have a cocoa delivery, come straight in. If neither of these apply, please leave a message after the beep.
3: Toodaloo! Hi there. We just wanted to let you know that we're on our way. Oh, dear. If we survive this wretched turbulence, that is. Amelia and I should be landing in Russia shortly. Joey, Salvatore, and Kozlovsky aren't with us. I'll explain when we get there. See you soon. Mother of all... Relax. Created by Philip Thorne and Oestein Braga with music and sound design by Frederick Baden Episode 29 My Lin
1: Listen to that, Oleg. Isn't it amazing? I can feel my migraine lifting. Now, let's really put this pen to the test, shall we? Yeah. Ready? There. Okay. (gasps) Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, why is Peter Piper's pecker pickled? Did you write down everything? There. And could you hear a single sound? Mm. Yet. You see, I told you, this is the most silent fountain pen in existence. Now I won't have to listen to your incessant typing anymore. Bliss.
4: What
2: the devil? Client пришol. What? You're here. Get in. Who is this? It's your next client. This time Boris expects
0: success.
4: Боже мой.
0: After книги night at a museum.
1: Why are you typing on a laptop whilst walking? Hello?
4: Sorry. I have to get this chapter finished in the next 60 seconds or it all goes from pudding to poop real quick. Haruka is uh, clutching at the cliff with her bare hands, her heavy armour dragging her down, the shark's circling below. Above her, the white knight points at her with the tip of his sword. He laughs and says, What will you do now, Haruka? Die! And publish. (sighs) What are you writing? A cliffhanger. Literally? And I finished it with four seconds to go. Four seconds before what? People start dying. Huh.
1: Literally? Literally. Your writing is literally keeping people
4: alive? Yes. <gasps> is it magic? <laughs> Not magic! Addictive! I see. And if I don't deliver, there's seppuku across the board. Seppuku? Harakiri, Melange. Suicide? Yeah. My fans are threatening to kill themselves unless they get their regular fix of Haruka.
1: Stuff me stiff and call me Norma. Tell me more about Haruka.
4: Haruka? It's the heroine of my book series, The First Female Knight. She's like Lucy Liu meets Wonder Woman meets Arthur from The Sword in the Stone. Sounds fierce. She's an Eastern princess who finds herself in a fantastical medieval Europe where she has to kick scrawny white ass. <laughs> it's quite big. How big? It's inspired a whole new genre. Femme fantasy.
1: You found yourself a funky niche?
4: If you call 120 million readers niche...
1: Well, grate me like a gouda. A hundred and twenty million?
4: I know, right?
1: And they're all threatening to kill themselves?
4: Not all. Just a few thousand.
1: Unless you...
4: Publish a chapter every twenty minutes? Can you kill me before the next deadline?
1: Which is in twenty minutes? Yeah. Listen, um... Mylin. Mylin, twenty minutes is normally the time I need to assess if a client has Amelia material. Not the time to pull off an entire disappearance.
4: Twenty minutes is all I've got.
1: You do a print run every twenty minutes?
4: Don't be silly. My books aren't printed. Have you heard of Digitals?
1: No, oh, Something on the googly.
4: It's an app. A new way of publishing fiction. You get short installments of a novel every week, every day, or in my case, every twenty minutes.
1: Well, you'd better get cracking. Eighteen minutes left until your next deadline.
4: If I write one more chapter, I'll... I... Yes? Die!
1: I thought that's what you want.
4: I mean, for real, of exhaustion.
1: Mm, You do look rather... stressed.
4: Don't get me wrong, I love doing this. But, did you know I haven't slept for two weeks? Why? I told you, if I don't publish a new chapter every twenty minutes, my fans start dropping like flies. How... how did this happen? I'm just way too good. Too good? That's what's landed me in this clusterfuddle. I'm too damn good at cliffhangers.
1: And is this one of them? (laughs) Well, come on, give me some details.
4: At the end of every chapter, Haruka faces death. I drive the readers crazy. They have to come back for more and each week they get another fix. If my cliffhangers weren't so good, my readers wouldn't be so addicted and I wouldn't have this problem.
1: Wait a minute. You said you have to write a chapter every 20 minutes. Now you say each week. Which is it? It
4: changed.
1: When? Why?
4: We don't have to go into all of that.
1: My, there's always time for a story.
4: Right. Here goes. Strap in. Right. So, I was on my fifth Haruka novel. The first one, Long Day's Journey for a Night. Night spout with a K. Right. Kick-started my career. The sequel, Night in White Saturn, Night with a K again... Huh, I see. ...earned me a Webby Award. The third book, Night at the Museum... Night with a K. K right. That one wasn't that well-received. But then, Welcome to Night's Veil... Vale,
1: Night with a K? K, yes. Got it.
4: That one really took off. It became the most read digifiction in history. Impressive. The problem started with my fifth Haruka novel, Good Night Haruka. Night with a K. Yes, I got that. I had this amazing cliffhanger at the end of one of the chapters. A poisoned arrow, heads straight for Haruka's heart. That arrow broke the internet. The fans went crazy with theories. How was I going to get Haruka out of this one? Then this guy in Guinea tweets a picture of himself putting a knife to his little finger, saying if I don't release the next chapter in two days, he'll cut off his pinky. Ooh! I thought it was a joke. I even retweeted it, dong
1: It... it wasn't?
4: A few days later, I received a small package. A severed finger.
1: Rampant rabbits! He did it!
4: Oh, he did it. Then he started posting photos of his four-fingered hand. Hashtag, Moharuka. You should have gone to the police. I did. But they said there was nothing they could do. It was his finger. He could do what he wanted with it.
1: Including sending it to you?
4: Apparently.
1: Well, I'm assuming that wasn't the end of it.
4: No. The hashtag Moharuka caught on. In a matter of days, hundreds of thousands of people tweeted asking me to publish twice a week, reposting the picture of the four-fingered hand. Finally, I gave in. Publishing twice a week worked fine for a bit, but then the hashtag came back. This time, it was a lady in Lisbon with a crate full of vodka and a saline drip. If I didn't publish my next chapter within 24 hours, she would spend her whole workday hooked up to a steady alcohol infusion.
1: Well, that doesn't sound too bad.
4: She was a heart surgeon. Ah. I couldn't let those poor patients suffer, so I contacted the Lisbon police. I got an email back. A video of the Lisbon police department handcuffing themselves to a radiator, refusing to let themselves loose unless I released my next chapter... In the
1: next 24 hours.
4: If only. They reduced it to 12. Hashtag Mohoruka.
1: Did you cave?
4: Either that or lawlessness in Lisbon. Of course I caved.
1: What absolute cretins... Sorry? Those rotten rascals, pestering you like that.
4: Hey, that's my fans you're talking about. Huh? Don't badmouth my fans. But
1: they're holding you ransom.
4: You've got to see it from their side. You think? To some people, Haruka is like a sister. No, Haruka is their life. And who am I to deprive them of life?
1: You think you owe it to your readers to publish whenever they want?
4: I created the demand, now I have to supply. But Haruka
1: is your character. Shouldn't you be in control?
4: Listen, I write her life once. But in the minds of my fans, she lives 120 million times. I'm outnumbered.
1: You're saying an author isn't the owner of their creation?
4: I'm saying it's symbiosis. Does the hermit crab have any right to be annoyed at the seashell?
1: Well, as far as I remember, hermit crabs outgrow their shells and go looking for new ones.
4: Well, perhaps that's what's happening to me. Every time I increase the frequency... They increase their demands. Publish every six hours, or a park attendant in Palembang pulls out his toenails.
1: Poor man.
4: Every three hours, or a professor from Peshawar plucks his parakeet. Poor bird. Every hour, or a woman in Wollongong whacks a wombat.
1: Poor marsupial.
4: Finally, when this schmuck from Surrey suggested a suicide pact, the shit hit the fan. The shit being batshit and the fan being my fans. They went absolutely batshit crazy. Now I have to publish every 20 minutes. This was two weeks ago. I haven't slept a minute since. I've just been writing. Haruka climbs onto the horse. Haruka jumps onto the horse. Haruka flings herself onto the horse. How many goddamn ways can you mount a freaking horse? I don't know. 247. Over the course of the first female knight series, I managed to find 247 unique ways to describe mounting a horse. That's how good I am. And and it's killing me.
1: I know how you feel. You do? I do. I've often wondered if there's any point myself.
4: You have?
1: Here I am, the best in the business. But nobody has any respect for my artistry. Boris just marches in here saying... Make this person disappear. Make that person disappear. You'd better have it sorted when I come back. Rude. He's like an Alvina with a Russian accent.
4: Who's Alvina?
1: My colleague. You'll meet her soon. She's on her way. She's like, read the client reports, drink less cocoa, do more cases, spend less money.
4: I already hate this Alvina.
1: Oh, by the way, I'm sorry for not offering you any cocoa. But the one from the prison canteen tastes like dishwater,
4: Don't worry about it,
1: You know, my Lynn, you've inspired me
4: i I have
1: yes, you have
4: That's great.
1: It really is. I'm quitting, what? yes. All these clients with their unreasonable demands. Kill me before I get shot out of a cannon. Kill me before my funeral. Kill me in the next twenty minutes. I mean... Wait a minute. Kierkegaard said, people settle for a level of despair they can tolerate and call it happiness. Well, I won't do that anymore, Søren. I just won't. But
4: I need to die in less than ten minutes.
1: I'm sorry. Tell Boris I quit. And... Please turn off the lights when you leave. I'm going to roll up in a ball and just breathe for a bit.
0: The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favourite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today.
4: Hey, listen here. You can't do this. I need your help. You heard me. I quit.
1: Anyway, it's Impossible?
4: Impossible. It's not impossible. Not for you.
1: Oh, but it is. Say we went with suicide. Once the fans hear you've pulled the plug, they'll follow suit. Fail.
4: Murder, then. We could pick a saucy one from the Haruka books. Let life mirror fiction.
1: Oh, too dramatic. It would also tip the fans over the edge.
4: What about an accident, then?
1: No, too sudden. Same outcome. You need a death that evokes pity and remorse. One that will diffuse the situation, not aggravate it. Which means we're looking for... uh,
4: A sad death.
1: And I don't do those. Back when I was a death faker...
4: You mean 20 seconds ago?
1: I specialised in exciting deaths.
4: Death by runaway tram car. Death by random trap door. Death by ravenous tramp.
1: That's just a few on the combination R and T. If it was a really exciting death, I could perhaps consider it. But you'll never get me out of retirement for a sad death.
4: Listen, I get it. In the Haruka books, the deaths have always been magnificent. Cruel king killed with contaminated candy. Samurai slain with silver sickle. Magician murdered with mosquito.
1: I appreciate the alliteration.
4: What if my death had alliteration? Would that help? Maybe... For a sad death, I guess we're looking at an illness? Probably. Writer wilts from whipworm woes. ha <laughs> Scribe subsides to sudden sepsis.
1: <laughs> Closing chapter, cliffhanger queen croaks from common cold. Or D-list celebrity dies of diphtheria.
4: D-list? I beg your pardon? Wait! I've got it! You do? Yes! Diarrhea! What? Diarrhea! It's tragic and funny! You want me to die from We don't
1: have any time to establish a history of hereditary disease, nor to have you hospitalized for weeks. We need an immediate, tragic death with no chance of recovery. Diarrhea! Diarrhea! Violent, bloody, and sudden diarrhea! Sustained whilst doing research for your next chapter in a Russian prison.
4: Guess I shouldn't have eaten in the prison canteen!
1: Ah, <laughs> exactly!
4: That's ridiculous! Yes! My fans! They won't know what to do with that information. Precisely! Their favourite writer dying from food poisoning was undertaking risky research for their benefit. It's
1: good, it's good. What do you think?
4: I love it! Good! There's no way they can kill themselves after learning that! Splendid! Just one thing! Yes? Why am I in a Russian prison? I write medieval fantasy. Why on earth am I doing research in Russia?
1: Well, I can't come up with everything. I guess you'll just have to write that into your next chapter.
4: I was hoping I wouldn't have to write another one.
1: Oh, go on. It'll be your swan song.
4: (sighs) Very well.
1: Whilst you write, I'll talk to Boris to get your replacement corpse ready.
4: Russia. Russia? Russia... Hmm.
1: At this point, I'd normally suggest a toast, but...
4: Why would she be in Russia? Or is someone else from Russia?
1: It seems like you're busy.
4: Got it! Haruka looks up at the White Knight. I know what to do, she smiles. And with a soft kick, she lets go of the cliff. Haruka falls and falls towards the hungry sharks below. When something... (laughs) Suddenly, grabs hold of her and pulls her up through the clouds and out of view of the stunned white knight. I knew you'd come, Erika shouts. I knew you'd come for me. Of course, the bird replies. The two-headed bird. Her old friend Byzantine. The king of the wind. The Russian eagle. So,
1: how did it go? She's writing another chapter. You failed? Again? All part of the plan. Now listen, you need to get me a replacement corpse of Mylin's height and build, but thinner, preferably sickly looking. Then one of your agents needs to access the Golovin sewer system and get us four liters of runny poo. Sorry? She's going to die from diarrhea.
2: This is how you're killing my favorite, I mean,
1: a famous writer? Trust me, it's the best possible death under the circumstances. Timely, tragic, and most importantly, baffling. Consider me baffled. Well, chop, chop. Time is of the essence. I'll get the corpse, and and the poo. We'll have to see if Mikhail approves. Mikhail? Who's Mikhail? The man you need to impress. Sorry. Mm. I'll be right back.
4: Right in Byzantin's eye. He falls from the skies, the two of them tumbling towards the icy mountaintops below. Now we won't reach the prison after all, and we won't get to save Byzantine's family from the evil Russian Tsar. Haruka sees the mountains below coming closer and closer and closer, and I'm done. Publish with 17 seconds to go.
1: Goody. By the way, we haven't discussed your reappearance. How would you like to live your new life? No more writing, I suppose.
4: Oh, I'd love to try my hand at poetry, actually. Poetry? Then I can keep the alliterations, but I won't have to bother with cliffhangers.
1: We'll get you set up as a struggling slam poet in Brooklyn. Wear some dark-rimmed glasses and a beanie and you'll blend right in.
4: Thank you. How can I ever repay you?
1: I believe the Russian government is already taking care of that. Free room and board.
4: Why are they keeping you here?
1: I don't know. Yet.
4: Well, there must be something I can do for you.
1: Oh, I have an idea. Why don't you name a character after me? In the last ever chapter you write about Haruka.
4: The last ever chapter? But I thought I just wrote the last chapter.
1: Well, you have to wrap up the story. You can't let your readers go without an end. That would be cruel. <sighs>
4: I guess in the throes of death I could still squeeze out some final words. Exactly. I'll get to it then.
1: No, no, relax. You have plenty of time. The final chapter doesn't have to come out yet. In fact, it shouldn't be discovered for at least a few years.
4: I think I see where this is going.
1: Then one day some papers will appear at Sotheby's with your handwriting on them.
4: I guess those papers will come from a collection of a certain gentleman in a three-piece suit.
1: <laughs> exactly.
4: It's a deal. Good. So, what is your name? Why is it so bumpy? Me landing in a field
3: <sighs> finally what a flight
0: oh <sighs> i can't wait for some borscht and black tea or
4: solyanka soup and vodka i'm all for the vodka les fue en el vuelo.
3: Um,
4: bien, gracias. Perfecto, sígueme.
2: Gracias. Why is the ground staff speaking Spanish?
3: Amelia, look at that forest. Yes? There are an awful lot of palm trees.
2: Sabana, deprisa! Nos esperan en el cuartel general.
3: Relájate,
4: apenas acaban de llegar.
2: Yo solo estoy pasando un
4: mensaje. Dejenlos tranquilos. Tenemos que esconder el avión de todas maneras.
2: Los muchachos se ocupan de ello. Tú, solo mete a la mujer al auto.
4: Deje de darme órdenes. Soy yo, la jefa. Aquí.
2: Yo no recibo órdenes de ti. No jodas tanto. Ya, prenda el motor. Yo no te llevo a ti. Tú sé te lleva.
3: Seems like everyone here is speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. Familia.
2: We're not in Russia, are we? The story continues in two weeks. In the meantime, if you'd like to meet Amelia herself, the next Cocoa Corner video livestream Q&A will be hosted by Julia Morizawa on the 15th of November. If you want to participate, go to patreon.com slash Podcast, and by becoming a $5 patron, you can join in next Sunday as well as watching all other Cocoa Corner sessions on replay. This episode was written and edited by Einstein Breger with story editing by Philip Thorne. It was directed by Einstein Breger and Philip Thorne with music and sound design by Frederick Barden. The episode featured Tuyondor as Mylin, Alan Bergen as the interviewer, Julia C. Thorne as Alvina, Julia Morizawa as Amelia, Alexander Mercury as Oleg. Andrei Zayatz as Boris, Valentina Alexeva as the prison guard, Laurie Martinez as Savannah, and Arturo Tova as Diego. The episode was recorded at the Bridge Writing Studio in London, Studio Ochenta in Paris, and LSI Lutz Produktion in Oslo, and engineered by Billy Halliday and Steiner Borgen. The Amelia Project is produced by Imploding Fictions, with graphic design by Anders Pedersen. Thank you to all our patrons who make this show possible. And a special thank you to Jem Fiddick, Angel Acevedo, Sophie Leveso and Sophia Anderson. Today's epilogue is another listener voicemail, which we recently received. Our lines are still open, so if you have a disappearance request, email us an audio clip or find our number and leave a message after the beep.
3: Amelia, you've got to help me. So... This is an embarrassing story, but one I also need to escape from immediately. We were warned about internet safety as children of the 2000s, but things on Twitter have gotten completely out of hand as of late. I just joined this year after lockdown put a complete halt to my work and social life, and I thought that I could connect with other artists and activists, and that has worked out well, but now I need to disappear and begin again. My account, at Fernald Lily, had only a few dozen people I know well enough in person to call friends, and most of my followers are people I've amassed based on what I post and the attitude or image I've tried to cultivate, basically one that is professional and serious about the issues I post on. Unfortunately, that has all gone down the toilet. One evening, when I may or may not have had too much screen time and too little attention to my bodily needs, I came across a post on Twitter from comedian Mike Birbiglia. The post was a one-sentence riff on streaming platforms that also made reference to pee. I saw the pins lined up and immediately sought to craft a reply that would knock them down. And I didn't think about what would happen if that succeeded. Now my legacy on Twitter has been reduced to a sentence that got positive attention from Mike himself and quickly gained traction among his fans, although few of them are my followers, it seems. It might not be too late to salvage my online image. We just need to fake my death as soon as possible. Virtually. I know this isn't your usual deal, so I'm just hoping you can help me. Time is certainly of the essence. Thanks. Lily. The Fable
0: and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello! Contact Day is in but a few short months, which means it is time to begin preparations for the bi-decennial festival. This year, we are celebrating every six... One of you living in my beloved
4: Windfall.
2: It is not our business to question the Queen's will. It is not our business to do anything but follow it.
0: It is you and your loyalty that has laid the groundwork for this incredible utopian society that we speak for. Do you have
1: any idea what's going on with us? shut else should grow.
0: It is the duty of each and every one of you to do everything you can to make the festival a success
2: this year. Are you ready? to speak kindly with me now child i
0: have no doubt that this year will be one for the history books and that will be due in no small part to the dedication of my adoring windfall a dystopian science fiction podcast from rogue dialogue